0: This podcast should not be considered as medical advice. If you are looking for medical advice, please contact a licensed physician. But do find someone that has a brain and can think critically about what's going on in the world today. This is the Collective Resistance Podcast with your hosts, Leo and Fabiola. We will be discussing why we find ourselves resisting the narratives of the common collective, as well as why the common collective resists new information.
1: Passages in this episode share content that may trigger people with a history of abuse or trauma. Listener discretion is advised.
0: Perpetrators' greatest fear is that we will wake up, gather our strength of spirit, and stop complying with their greedy, diabolical plans. As the Great Awakening accelerates, perpetrators expose themselves as perverse liars and thieves every time they tip their hand. COVID Deep Sleep Delta says it all. Perpetrators are so frantic to regain control over the awakening global population that they have gone all in Attempting to lock us down and muzzle us with the new strain, COVID Delta. Delta brainwaves are slowest, usually associated with non-thinking hypnosis and deep sleep. By Kathy O'Brien, MKUltra and sex-trafficking victim survivor. Fabiola.
1: Leo here we are again we are
0: here again all right excited to be here
1: very excited to be here
0: so now you're kind of cruise directing tonight where are we going this evening
1: we're going into a psychological cluster oh god should i say the word <laughs> cluster <foo? laughs> we're gonna be talking about mk Ultra, mind control Delta variants and crazy things COVID related.
0: And the reason we're doing that, um, we talked a little bit on the last episode. Uh, you know, actually, I don't know if it was the last episode or maybe the one before that. We were just saying, you know, what, what's going on? You know, it's like people are being mind controlled. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they cannot break out of this mental sleep. That they're in, you know, and and they can't expand their minds and say, hey, look, okay, let's look at this objectively and and let's talk through it. Maybe I'm going to end up in the same spot I'm at, you know, uh, at the start, but I'm at least willing to jump in and and hash it out and then see where we land. Well, no, that's
1: (laughs) we can't get anywhere close to that. Yes. You know, at the beginning of this, there was something happening that was very puzzling to me. I studied some different um, healing modalities with different mentors that really taught me a lot. And when COVID started, it seemed like some of them just went nuts and I couldn't understand what was happening to them. They were scared. One of the uh, people I studied with was an herbalist knew everything that she could have known about herbs. She shut down her business. Um, And then once the vaccine came out, she was a huge proponent of the vaccine. Another uh, amazing chiropractor we worked with in the beginning of our healing journey also was always very vocal about the dangers of vaccines with children and then all of a sudden when COVID hit same thing just went nuts and it made no sense to me and and those are just two examples there were more and I just couldn't understand why the healing community was just kind of breaking down over, over the flu basically uh, and then I was like, well, the, the only explanation could be mind control. I don't know how else to explain what's happening to them.
0: Well, I mean, I think that, that um, to a certain extent, uh, and again, this is an oversimplification because obviously there are a lot of um, things in play. But I mean, I, I, I do think that a lot of the more natural healing modality purveyors found themselves maybe in a little bit of a pickle as well, because uh, I mean, I, you know, maybe this is an assumption of my own, but I think a lot of them, you know, think of themselves a little bit more democratic as opposed to Liberal, Republican. Yeah. And, you know, this obviously was turned into a uh, a political hot potato, you know, uh, and so, you know, people had to make a decision is my uh, political persona and, you know, the, my ideological beliefs more important than um, what I do as a profession.
1: I don't think they made a decision. I think something else made happened. the decision for them. It was that that story we were saying talking about last episode where uh, you can't change your mind on, information that you didn't come up with to begin yeah when you didn't when you, didn't when you didn't come up when you didn't reason yourself into yes. the position
0: you're in you're not going to be able to be reasoned out of it
1: yes and i think there is a psychological war going on and that's why i was very curious about the subject of mind control and mk ultra so i ran across this um, the blog actually was a video and on green med info an interview with this uh, lady kathy o'brien which was a, an mk ultra survivor and what she was talking about was really telling in parallel to the pandemic so this mind control program has been going on since uh, the beginning of uh, actually before uh, world war ii and it was experimented on many of the victims of World War II. And she's going to tell the story here. We have a well, clip.
0: But before we do the clip, I, I think it is important to give a little bit more background. Mm-hmm. And and I know you, you thought that... The- I can do that. No, but you thought the Wikipedia was a little bit milk toast. But, oh, on
1: MK Ultra. But
0: but but I do think it, it is. Uh, um, just to give people, you know, this isn't something that's just made up. You know, on uh, these right. back back channel websites. I mean, this is a real thing. Um, so let's read a little bit from uh, Project MK Ultra Wikipedia. Uh, it says MKUltra is the code name given to a program of experiments on human subjects that were designed and undertaken by the US Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, some of which were illegal. Experiments on humans were intended to develop procedures and identify drugs such as LSD to be used as interrogations in order to weaken the individual and force confessions through brainwashing and psychological torture. The project was organized through the Office of Scientific Intelligence of the CIA and coordinated with the United States Army Biological Warfare Laboratories. Other code names for drug-related experiments were Project Bluebird and Project Artichoke. The operation was officially sanctioned in 1953, reduced in scope in 1964, and further curtailed in 67. It was officially halted in 1973. The program also engaged in illegal activities, including the use of U.S. and Canadian citizens as its unwitting test subjects, which led to controversy regarding its legitimacy. MKUltra used numerous methods to manipulate its subjects' mental states and brain functions. Techniques included the covert administration of high doses of psychoactive drugs especially lsd and other chemicals electroshocks hypnosis sensory deprivation isolation and verbal and sexual abuse In addition to other forms of torture. The scope of Project MKUltra was broad. The activities carried out under the guise of research at more than 80 institutions including colleges and universities, hospitals, prisons, and pharmaceutical companies. The CIA operated using front organizations, although sometimes top officials at these institutions were aware of the CIA's involvement. MKUltra was first brought to public attention in 1975 by the Church Committee of the United States Congress and Gerald Ford United States President's Commission on CIA Activities within the United States, also known as the Rockefeller Commission.
1: Oh, there they are again. <laughs>
0: uh, investigative efforts were hampered by CIA Director Richard Helms' order that all MKUltra files be destroyed in '73. The Church Committee and Rockefeller Commission investiga- investigations relied on the sworn testimony of direct participants and on the relatively small number of documents that survived Helms' destructive order in 77 a freedom of information act request uncovered a cache of 20,000 documents related to MKUltra which led to senate hearings later that year some surviving information regarding MKUltra was declassified in July 2001 in December 2018 declassified documents including a letter to an unidentified doctor discussing work on six dogs made to run turn and stop via remote control and brain implants. So there's more there. You can do your own uh, Google search for the Wikipedia on Project MKUltra, um, and then you can find tons of back-channel websites that go much more in-depth uh, than what you can find in the Wikipedia. But uh, having said that, we just kind of wanted to give you a frame of reference because I think what Kathy's going to talk about a little bit is how a lot of those very focused efforts that they learned within the uh, MK Ultra program can be, uh, you know, multiplied and pushed out to masses, and uh, those same types of traumas and whatnot can be used to uh, manipulate large groups of people into doing things they might not do otherwise. Um, anything else you want to add to that, or or?
1: Yeah, I just want to add that this subject is is a it's a subject that we're going to get into here at that most people don't want to talk about or hear about and it has to do with um, human trafficking and I just wanted I was debating should we really put this in the episode and do an episode about this but I feel it's important you know those victims had suffered immensely and usually they don't have a voice or a channel because no one wants to hear their story. And it's just heartbreaking. And it's just crazy to believe that this happens in our world, you know? It's just, just heartbreaking. But I wanted to bring her in because she just tells her story, which it might be hard to hear. And she just talks about how it applies to what's happening today with our world of covid
0: okay so this works should
1: i should i give a little intro on kathy yeah yeah go ahead she's gonna talk about it too but she was um born in 1957 and she's a nationally and internationally recognized u.s government whistleblower on the subject of mk ultra mind control and healing from it knowledge she says knowledge is our defense against mind control kathy's experience empowers her insight into far-reaching effects of mind control on society today and what you can do to reclaim protect and expand free thought
0: all right so you want to go and play that clip Mm -hmm. so now this we're gonna do the longer one correct the longer clip okay so let me go ahead and stage that
2: I was born into a multi-generational incest based family and my parents had been sexually abused and they were sexually abusing me. And this is what made me a prime candidate or a chosen one for MK ultra mind control, because it was known by then through the Hitler Himmler research that anyone who was experiencing that kind of abuse would be suffering from a dissociative identity disorder. This dissociative identity disorder creates um, a heightened suggestibility in people and makes them more easily led. It's the mind-sane defense to trauma too horrible to comprehend. When my father was sexually abusing me, my brain compartmentalized that trauma. It's a defense mechanism within our brains that we all have a right to know and a need to know because it's just what our brains do with or without us. It's how our brains respond to trauma. I couldn't judge what my father was doing to me was wrong. I was an infant. My brain was still just forming, but nevertheless, it responded to the trauma the way that our brains, the human brain responds to trauma. And that's through compartmentalizing that memory. It actually physically shuts down neuron pathways in the brain, keeps that memory over here in this section. So, the rest of the mind can function normally as though nothing had happened. The Hitler Himmler research had found that to be uh, uh, in, an interesting form for their MK Ultra mind control. When, by the time I was born in 1957, Project Paperclip had already brought over the Nazi and Fascia scientists into the U.S. with the information on mind control. The CIA was taking that information, combining it with what the Catholics had long since learned about the effects of trauma on the human mind through the Spanish Inquisition and the Crusades and all like they were doing for for dominance in a a more, more religious direction. They combined that information added technology, which has advanced throughout the years, the harmonic technology and and other aspects to create a very powerful form of mind control. They needed to target children like myself for that project. Well, my father was caught sending child pornography of me through the US mails. This was in the early 60s, the very early 60s. And a local politician who was at my grandfather's Blue Masonic Lodge Gerald Ford, who later went on to become the president of the United States, was actually sanctioning the local Michigan mafia child pornography ring in order to target children like myself. And he approached my father and he said that he would grant my father immunity from prosecution if he would agree to sell me into MK Ultra Mind Control. My father did, he was very happy to do it and became very wealthy as a result he had lucrative military contract contracts that made him a multi-millionaire on his sixth grade education until he sold me into the project he was earning his living as a worm digger but after that because the government was so interested in the effects of trauma on the human mind and using it for mind control um i was sold into the project My father was flown to Boston, Massachusetts, where he was trained in manipulation of the subconscious mind. There's a language of the subconscious that is very literal, and it has no ability to question, to reason, consciously comprehend. It just takes information in. It's called neuro-linguistic programming, NLP. Everyone, everywhere should be arming themselves with the knowledge of what NLP is because our minds are being manipulated by it every day through controlled media. And it's a good example of that, I think, would be that when COVID hit, we were all told to wear a mask. And the, the mask covers the mouth, which stops speech, which stops people from communicating with each other. And it creates a depersonalization. These masks were used in MK ultra mind control.
3: Wow. Kathy, I so wanted to ask you more about this. So I'm glad you brought that up, but I don't want to lose the thread too, if you want to complete that. So, um,
2: yes, it also deprives oxygen to the brain. So this is a component of MK ultra mind control that I recognized instantly. But my my point on that being the language of the subconscious, they told us to stay six feet away from each other. That we would die if it we weren't if we were said six really? feet away. Six, six, six. The wow. reason of that is the subconscious equates it as six feet under. Wow. And it create wow. equates it as death. So six feet away or six feet under. And so it became a do-or-die death program on the whole world. Because The strongest basis of mind control is fear. That's why trauma and fear are, are used in mind control. And the trauma and the fear of COVID was a basis for mind control of a whole population. Whereas for me, the abuse that I was enduring was my trauma and was creating the heightened suggestibility that has happened really now to the whole world as they have complied and caved in to the demands of of staying six feet apart and covering their mouth. The depersonalization no longer can see facial differences, smiles. Who's who knows if somebody's coming up with a smile or a sneer? You know, so um, yeah. it was all very powerful on the whole population. Well, my experience in MK Ultra mind control gave me insight into the components of mind control so it's easy for me to recognize it in society
1: did you look up uh what she said about nlp is that what you're looking I at i did
0: i looked it up um you know i told you earlier when we were discussing that you know, i'm familiar with neuro-linguist, neurolinguistic neurolinguistic mm-hmm. programming you know yeah. even in uh sales, you know, uh, which obviously is the line of work I'm in, you know, you've got a lot of uh, sales trainers that talk about NLP and mastering it, you know, the way that you communicate with people, you can actually, um, you know, for lack of a better description, you can actually coax them, you know, persuade them by the way you break up your words and how you communicate certain information, you can direct them to specific behaviors. Now, um, if you go to Wikipedia, the, the definition of neurolinguistic programming is, is uh, you know, not very uh, uh, elusive or anything or, or mysterious. But let's just kind of read through it so that you, you have it. It's fairly quick. Uh, neurolinguistic programming, NLP, is a pseudoscientific approach to communication, personal development, and psychotherapy created by Richard Bandler and John Grinder in California, United States in the 1970s, NLP's creators claim there is a connection between neurological processes, neuro, language, linguistic, and behavioral patterns learned through experience programming, and that these can be changed to achieve specific goals in life. Bandler and Grinder also claim that NLP methodology can model the skills of exceptional people, allowing anyone to acquire those skills. They claim as well that often in a single session, NLP can treat problems such as phobias, depression, tick disorders, psychosomatic illnesses, nearsightedness, allergy, common cold, and learning disorders. NLP has been adopted by some hypnotherapists and also by companies that run seminars marketed as leadership training to businesses and government agencies. There is no scientific evidence supporting the claims made by NLP advocates, and it has been discredited as a pseudoscience. Scientific Reviews state that NLP is based on outdated metaphors on how the brain works that are inconsistent with current neurological theory and contain numerous factual errors. Reviews also found that all of the supportive research on NLP contained significant methodological flaws and that there were three times as many studies of a much higher quality that failed to reproduce the extraordinary claims made by Bandler-Grinder and other NLP practitioners.
1: Didn't you say that Obama was a
0: yeah? Well, I mean, big... I, I I was mentioning to you that that um, uh, but... I I did catch an interview where he was asked about neuro linguistic programming and and uh, then there was a lot of of uh, YouTube videos back in the day. You know, back in uh, the. Um, uh, early 2010s and whatnot which talked about his use of nlp and uh you know spacing you know he had a very specific cadence to his uh um, speech and Mm -hmm. uh, you could see that when you watch like saturday night live and they would make fun of him because they would take these long pauses and exacerbate them even more (laughs) um but but uh then i saw a lot of uh uh in-depth uh, analysis of people who who look at communication patterns and they said, "Okay, yeah, he's clearly doing a neurolinguistic programming type uh, regimen on mm-hmm. the the people that he's speaking to. So again, that's something you can research on your own, uh, not necessarily making any specific claims about uh, Obama. because again, it, it it's uh, this is something that even me, I've been marketed this, you know, in the sales industry, you know, um, mm-hmm. but again, it it is, very much a uh um at least marketed as a way to manage
1: fauci is this well it's so it's interesting that you should I know say bill that. bill gates doesn't seem like he does yeah
0: bill gates seems like a pretty uh, shitty communicator overall <laughs> you know um but uh no no I, I think there's definitely uh some of that in there especially with with fauci and and whatnot and so um but it's also a way that the news can communicate yes, as well, and yes. so those people—that's their profession. They're trained in that way. Um, it's not
1: just the language, though. I feel with the media, it's also you know all the graphics, exactly, and all the the headline on the bottom. I mean, I think there's other.
0: Well, it's a cocktail, right? It's a, it's, cocktail. It's a cocktail of visual and it's so audio. powerful. It is. It is, and, and I can remember. Um, you know like when hurricane katrina happened you know and you're you're like okay so this this thing happened it's kind of interesting right we don't see that kind of damage from a hurricane that often and uh, um but really you know once the few days of the, the, the thing were over, you're, you're, you're thinking, okay, well, what, what could there possibly be that's that interesting? But, you know, I remember I, I stayed somewhat glued, you know, to CNN or, or mm-hmm. whichever news uh, cable news station. And, and, and it's, it's because of the cadence. It's the way that they bring up stories of trauma and try to place you mentally in that position of the people who were actually being impacted by that event and whatnot. I mean, there's a it, it's just a, a conglomeration of things that make it very real. And, you know, we were just the other day, this is actually just kind of come into mind. I know we didn't necessarily talk about this before, but we were talking about, um, you know, the, uh, uh, the trauma that children potentially go through in uh watching a lot of films of today yeah you know and and we were talking about disney movies specifically and we were kind of having a little bit of fun with it but you know there's like if you look at it you know between bambi to frozen to uh i mean you know even even uh cars you know you have you have death you know, yeah. Oh, the Up movie, right? The right at the beginning of the movie, the the man's uh, wife dies. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 there's this death, and and you know when you think about when kids turn on programs, um, you know, short form cartoons and whatnot, there's no death. You know what I mean? There's there's no death. Sometimes there's some some uh, uh, goofy violence, right? Bonking, yeah. you know, like Tom and Jerry going after each other. But I mean, there's there's never any death, and, and so it's really interesting that you know, there's this constant barrage uh, of death. And we were, uh, you, me, and, and uh, uh, a friend of ours were, were talking yesterday about some of these movies. And, and the point I was making was around, um, you know, we did Waldorf Education, and they did that um, that uh, uh, exercise with us where we looked, they actually read us the story of Maleficent, uh, the actual Story, uh, uh, you know, which is a very short book. They read us that and it's fairly benign. No big deal. Then they actually showed us a, um, uh, uh, a, well, it it was a movie from the, uh, I think the 60s or 70s. It was like black and white even, I think. And then they had another slight remake, maybe in the 80s, that was a cartoon still, but it was in color. You know, and they're very, they're just very docile, you know, it's not very dramatic, you know, it, it reminds you of a cartoon, you know, and then they go to the um, the movie Maleficent with Angelina Jolie, and um, they play a clip from that, which we hadn't seen the movie at the time. Actually, I still haven't seen the movie, mm-hmm. but uh, this was a clip, and uh, I mean, I think she's like, raped in the clip or something and, oh. and I, I mean i don't know if you recall if you remember that I but don't. but i just remember uh it
1: was too traumatic well it I, I i i
0: was like this is crazy and and um the takeaway then when we got done watching those three is they they first of all they asked us you know what did you think you know this is the same story right mm-hmm. it's the same story but how this is delivered you know whether it's kind of a benign reading of a book versus a you know poorly put together animation versus a live action with the CGI and um, special effects of today. And honestly, you could feel the trauma. Mm-hmm. And, and and here I am an adult.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? And and it's something we take for granted. And we, we think, oh, this is cool. We They're...
1: forget that the little kid <laughs> next well, to us. Well, and our
0: friend was making the point and, and And again, I, I haven't... Um, done a lot of studying on this but i mean it makes sense you know that the kids when they get into like a beta pattern you know Mm -hmm. when when they're watching that subconscious
1: is wide open
0: and they can't they
1: can't discern they
0: cannot discern what is real and what is Mm make-believe you know and and uh uh so you know you port that over well first of all our young generation is getting bombarded with that stuff and i'm not here to make a you know because we still watch disney movies you know here and there but but uh um, we're much more cognizant of mm-hmm. this now. And I, I certainly wouldn't watch a movie like Maleficent. I mean, it just, <laughs> she's got like devil horns and all this. I, I just don't understand how that's uh, intriguing to anyone, but, but uh, no judgment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the, uh, uh, when you look at then what's happening on a daily basis now, you know, sending these kids into school with masks, mm-hmm. you know, covering their mouth, covering the mouth of uh, their teachers, um,
1: depriving them of oxygen when the brain is still forming right Well it, it, it which also get uh, impacts their critical thinking.
0: Well, and and, and I, I, and think just
1: the symbolism that she was talking about. Y-
0: yeah, she because si- the
1: six feet was kind of like a mystery, right? Why the heck did they choose six feet? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and then she just says, "Well, six feet under, like your it's association, death. yeah, your unconscious, your subconscious uh, sees things, I, I guess, in symbols and interpret things differently than what you would expect." So. This whole COVID thing—I mean, it's, it's been a huge trauma.
0: Yeah, no, certainly, and and uh, uh, and we, we could go into that at length. You know what I mean? The the stuff that's been happening—you know—with children and and uh, uh, and even to people. I mean, you know, we need to see people's smiles. We need to see their faces. That's what.
1: Yeah, children need to see. Children too, definitely need to see. It. They are still their brains. Again, we said are still developing, and they miss all those social cues that they are still learning. When when they see the adults behind the mask, their little friends behind the mask, it's hard to tell if you're smiling. Well, and and I
0: can't imagine um, because I know what it's like to see your child in a mask, which is strange. I can only imagine how strange it is to be with your parent all day without a mask. You know, like in your home. Mm-hmm. And then to go with them somewhere in public and then to be communicating with them not only with your with their face covered and your face covered. You know what I mean? It, 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 it must be surreal, you know, trying to piece that together yeah. as, as how come I don't have to be with my dad? At- in a mask at home, but I have to be with him in a mask at the park or or wherever. You know, I just But we
1: have heard from many parents, and I I think most of the parents that we know, oh, yeah, my kid wears all day. They don't mind. They're even used to it. But it's kind of like the movie. When you're watching a movie like Maleficent, you are unaware of your child's experience you are and how that's impacting them and plus a child has a harder time to express themselves and how they feel and through the studies we have seen there's heightened anxiety more anxiety uh, poor concentration there's so many side effects from this that the parents might not even associate to the mask and to the i mean cuz the, the children are the ones that are suffering the most with this because they're the the least among us there are at risk
0: well in you're and not and they have
1: no say on that and
0: you're not going to fully understand the ramifications of the trauma until these children are older You are not going to fully understand what this is doing to them until they get to a more mature age. Yeah,
1: long term. We have no idea how that's going to impact. Same thing with the vaccine.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting the parallels, right? We don't have long term studies.
1: I mean, apparently, MKUltra has done long term studies on this. So I just wanted to share that because that's a true story. And to think. That this masking thing is related to an atrocious program in pedophilia is just disgusting.
0: It is. And and masking was also um, something that was prevalent in slavery as well. Yeah. You know, and so it's just there's so much history and there is so much known damage that. Covering someone's face and especially their mouth, you know, uh, covering
1: their their airways. Yeah. You know,
0: the, well, I mean, not not even just just from a mental standpoint. Even even I mean, the health impacts we 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 have talked about at length in previous episodes, and we could talk but about. But I
1: think you not being able to breathe also messes up with you. Oh no, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It psyche. certainly
0: impacts health as well. But I mean, just the the, no, the fact of seeing
1: mental health. I think it also. Mm-hmm. Impacts mental health, at least for me, I'm like it. I feel like I'm underwater, like the anxiety that takes over me.
0: But I'm I'm going to tell you, you know, we stay very close to the news. I mean, I stay even closer. You know, I'm constantly watching the feeds about it, and I'm going to tell you. I I think I mentioned in some past episodes that it was kind of uh, disappointing that we were seeing all of these uprisings in Europe but we weren't really seeing a whole lot of it in the United States. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? That is changing. That is changing. We are seeing parent groups that are going to school board meetings because they are starting to talk about doing these mass mandates in school for young children and whatnot again. And parents have had enough of this bullshit. I mean, literally, I watched one where you know the, the end quote that you could hear the, 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 the dad saying because the, the school board member was leaving, said, you can leave, we're all calm here, but we know who you are. we know where you live and you're not getting away with this you know and and Mm -hmm. and i was just like man it is so good to see the focus don't
1: mess with the pain
0: do not do not mess with our children well 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 we we talked about it before too uh we're looking for sleeping lions we're not looking to wake up sheep we're looking to wake up sleeping lions yeah. and it looks like the sleeping lions ours
1: are, are,
0: are, are waking up and we are seeing you know we, we saw in the news just this week that uh, the airlines um, you know outside of United Airlines there were like three other Southwest and Delta they are not mandating the vaccines and and what we were seeing and some of the back channel tweeting and stuff is that a lot of these pilot groups were just walking out and sent because you know they were trying to get them to take the vaccine uh to remain employed and they said well uh, good luck to you with your uh airline business without any pilots <laughs> see you later and so then uh three of the uh the top four airlines there retracted that uh that mandate uh and and they're not requiring it now so i mean there are things happening all over and you know the cdc and the nih they continue to double down you know we saw they with they are strengthening their stance on recommending pregnant women get the covid vaccine um you know thanks to new data you Mm -hmm. know i i mean it it is just really nuts we're seeing it's an all-out battle and and i saw something today you know i posted it in um Uh, our telegram group which by the way we constantly forget to remind people that we have the telegram group and um, join
1: our telegram group if you're not part of the community so
0: if you do a search for either the collective resistance podcast or tcr podcast uh, then you'll find that in telegram and you can join but what uh, about
1: are you on instagram too
0: it's on Instagram, but I, all I really do is announce when the new um, the episodes new podcast are episodes are, are out. So it's not really that fascinating. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, somebody says everyone needs to stay strong. It's going to get crazy, but do not comply if you don't want the jab. You are not alone. There are millions of us. That's amazing. And 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 uh, that was kind of what we were saying a little bit in last week's post when we read. Eisenstein's uh uh Substack uh blog and and he mentions in that blog you know uh you don't need um buy-in from everyone you just need perceived buy-in and that's what they're trying to run on they're trying to run on the fact that there is perceived buy-in and perceived buy-in means that the the mass media is not reporting all of the outcries from all of the other people that, that are standing up and so it looks like it's just this wave of get the vax get the vax get the vax but guess what there are there is tons of uprisings going on and so just because they're not reporting on it doesn't mean it's not happening. There are millions of us. I mean, at least 30%, if not 50% of the population is not uh, 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 down with either getting the vaccine at all or at least being forced to take it. So, I mean, this is really uh, exciting what is going on, and we want you to know that.
1: So speaking of the vaccines and the Delta variants, we have a clip from... David Martin, yeah, let me our uh, patent expert.
0: Let me pull that up here. Let's see.
1: We have had many clips of him throughout the podcast because he just knows so much about the backstory.
0: Well, and, and on he's ta- how
1: this pandemic came about. In this
0: particular clip, he's talking about Peter Daszak, which Peter Daszak runs the um, EcoHealth Alliance, which was the money that the NIH had funneled. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, it was the it was the group, the um, the health group that the NIH funneled money to so that I mean, essentially we're making an assumption here, but it looks like so that, you know, they didn't have to have egg on their face. The actual NIH didn't. But EcoHealth Alliance is the middleman. And Peter Daszak is the gentleman that runs the Eco Health Alliance and worked with the in the Wuhan Institute in China. Not around a great this. dude. Not a great dude. But let's go ahead and listen to um, uh, Dr. David Martin here as he uh, kind of uh, dives into Dasch
1: expands on the science science behind the Delta variants. All right, here we go.
3: Peter Daschik, the person who was independently corroborating the Chinese non-lab leak, non-theory, because there wasn't a lab leak. This was an intentional bioweaponization of spike proteins to inject into people to get them addicted to a pan-coronavirus vaccine. This has nothing to do with a pathogen that was released, and every study that's ever been launched to try to verify a lab leak is a red herring. The, the the ludicrous nature of the story that this is somehow prophylactic or preventative flies in the face of 100% of the evidence because the evidence makes it abundantly clear that there has been no effort by any pharmaceutical company to combat the virus. This is about getting people injected with the known-to-be-harmful S1 spike protein.
0: Doesn't that also mean if you, if, if, you, if you take the entirety of the evidence, then this is a tool, the coronavirus and the vaccines. This is a tool and, and the interest of DARPA in creating a biological weapon out of this. This is a tool for everything else that latches onto this, including... Um, Population control, for example.
3: Well, listen, th- This, this we, we, we have to stop falling for even the mainstream narrative in our own line of questioning. Um, because the fact of the matter is this was seen as a highly malleable bioweapon. There is no question that by 2005 it was unquestionably a weapon of choice. And the illusion that we continue to, to unfortunately, see very well-meaning people get trapped in is conversations about whether we're having a vaccine for a virus. The fact of the matter is we're not. We are injecting a spike protein mRNA mRNA sequence, which is a computer simulation. It's not derived from nature. It's a computer simulation of a sequence which has been known and patented for years, there is no, and I'm gonna repeat this, there is no evidence that the Delta variant is somehow distinct from anything else on GISAID. The fact that we are now looking for a thing doesn't mean that it is a thing because we are looking at fragments of things and the fact is that if we choose any fragment, I could come up with, you know, I could come up with variant omega <laughs> tomorrow. Yes. And I could come up with variant omega and I could say I'm looking for this sub-strand of either DNA or RNA or even a protein and I could run around the world going, oh my gosh, fear the omega variant. Yes. And, and the problem is, that because of the nature of the way in which we currently sequence genomes which is actually a compositing process it's what we'd call in mathematics an interleaving we don't have any point of reference to actually know whether or not the thing we're looking at is in fact distinct from either clinical or even genomic sense and so we're we're trapped in a world Where, unfortunately, if you go and look, as I have, at the papers that isolated the Delta variant and actually ask the question, is the Delta variant anything other than the selection of a sequence in a systematic shift of an already disclosed other sequence? The answer is it's just an alteration in when you start and stop what you call the reading frame. There is no novel anything. My favorite quote of this pandemic was a statement made in twenty fifteen by Peter Dashik. Mm-hmm. The statement that was made by Peter Dashick in twenty fifteen, reported in the National Academies of Press publication february twelfth, twenty sixteen, and I'm quoting. We need to increase public understanding of the need for medical countermeasures such as a pan-coronavirus vaccine. A key driver is the media, and the economics will follow the hype. We need to use that hype to our advantage to get to the real issues. Investors will respond if they see profit at the end of the process, end quote. So for us, it wasn't hard to figure out that this was not a public health crisis. This was an opportunistic marketing campaign to address a stated objective. And that's why this is Occam's razor. It's the easiest thing to describe because they are the ones that said it. And the Occam's razor reality is they said they needed to get the public to accept a pan-coronavirus vaccine countermeasure, and they needed the media to create the hype, and investors would follow where they see profit. You do not have anything else you need to rely on to explain the events of the last 20 months than the actual statement of the actual perpetrator and I don't do the navel-gazing exercise of going in to try to understand whether there were mommy issues behind a bank robber, if they're holding a bag of money outside of a bank, I actually make the crazy assumption that maybe they're a bank robber. (laughs) Similarly, if I have somebody who says we need to use the media to hype a medical countermeasure, which is in fact the injection of a synthetic recombinant chimeric protein developed off of a computer simulation, if I'm actually going to listen to the motivation for why that might be being done, I will listen to the person doing the manipulation who says investors will follow where they see profit. I don't need more explanation. As you know...
0: Mic drop.
1: I know. So he was talking about... You know, them manipulating the RNA strand that's all in a computer simulation. Well, it goes
0: back to our episode in silico, right? Uh-huh. He's, he's talking about that whole thing.
1: Yes. And, but then you think about there will be boosters, right? Because now they're saying there's the Delta variance, and they're already talking about vaccine boosters, and the Delta variance has to do with deep sleep.
0: It is really interesting.
1: Isn't it kind of disturbing? I mean, it's hard not to get conspiratorial with that stuff. Because, first of all, these uh, diabolical people. I mean, you you guys heard what he said. The quote that he said. What is the guy's name again? Peter Daszak. Peter Daszak said, in 2015 how this whole thing is done for profit.
0: And we'll use the media to drive it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the investors media? will follow. Yeah, and investors, investors will, follow. will
1: follow. I mean, if, if you read any contract these days, any paper you sign, any, most websites you go, most apps you use on your phone, they all have a COVID-19 warning or disclaimer or... It's nuts. Oh
0: yeah, it's everywhere. It's become a part of it's, everyday life. It's deep life, right? sleep,
1: and I feel like this. That's why I feel this MK Ultra conversation, this mind control conversation, is relevant because there are a lot of people that are just going to this deep. Well, but sleep. L- l- let's
0: let's bring something up. You know, a lot of you may not have been aware of um, MK Ultra. And, uh, um, you know, we read through there what it was, the program it was. So, I mean, you know, what's that like to hear that your government uh, did these type of experiments and they also did them on unwitting subjects that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, were not military members mm-hmm. and whatnot. Young
1: children. Young
0: children and, and uh, even uh, adults that uh, um, did not were not aware that it was happening. In fact, I've seen the videos because the videos were released in, in some of that... Uh, um, uh, freedom of information stuff. And, and it's quite, quite disturbing uh, what people are being made to do, literally um, what appears by command. You know, they are just can turn into shadows of themselves and, and uh, do very, very, very wild things. And so, you know, if, if you come to the terms and, and research the program and say, okay, look, my, my, my government did do that. You know, this is just like... And
1: all of a sudden, they turn into angels, and they yeah. don't do that anymore.
0: It's like Bill Gates. You know, he was the epitome of the worst of the worst in business, and then he just becomes this angel... Uh, um, philanthropist. Ph- yeah, philanthropist, and uh, is trying to save the world. I mean, again, Delta, deep sleep, wake the fuck up. <laughs> <Ooh>. Okay? Okay. <laughs>
1: So, no, 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 I know. I'm, I'm, I'm,
0: uh, I'm, uh, uh, uh again, we said it. Remember, could, we we're said trying
1: it, to break the spell, we're trying to wake up the, and, and just so
0: you know, everyone, I'm not talking to you specifically, I'm talking about the general. Public. <laughs> if you're
1: listening to this podcast, you probably, yes, we a thank lion. you for your
0: listenership. Um, and, and we, we are known to drop a few curses here and there. So,
1: mm-hmm. oh, I wanted to just say a little bit about the interview. I mean, this is a fantastic interview. We will have. more clips of this interview because he talks about some we will go down even deeper into the rabbit hole because what david says in the interview we're going to put the interview on the notes of course it talks about the pat patents that were filed way 20 years ago for all this stuff so they say oh it's novel and fact checkers say, Oh yeah, there's no relationship between this patent and uh, the the virus and, and now we know there is no virus, it's all computer generated. I mean there is so much in there and he explains in such detail. So this this inter this clip you guys just heard is Dr. David Martin. He was interviewed by attor- attorney I can't say these names, Reiner Foomick.
0: Which we we featured. We feature
1: him before in a couple episodes ago. He's
0: an international fraud Mm -hmm. uh, attorney. Attorney,
1: and he is seeking to bring criminal charges against crimes committed during the COVID nineteen pandemic.
0: Good stuff. Very good Mm -hmm.
1: stuff. Now, should we lighten the mood? Okay.
0: Yeah. Everybody want to get up, do a stretch or something?
1: (laughs) Okay. And play our last clip so we're going to play Kathy again, and she just has, so she went through all these turmoil, and these horrible things throughout her life, she has written actually several books, she is a whistleblower, as uh, we said, she has testified before Congress in 1995, actually her, her testimony was censored, um, pretty sad stuff, but she, she just, survived this and she became this beautiful being that's bringing a lot of light into the world especially through these times so we want to play her clip with her message
0: go ahead and do that now
1: yes But now that i am free
2: i am taking that responsibility and i'm sharing the information on healing so that others can start reclaiming their personal sovereignty so we can reclaim our national sovereignty again, so that we can reclaim and vigilantly protect our free thought. Because without free thought, there's no free will. Without free will, there's no soul expression. Without that soul expression, there's no strength of spirit. There's there's no purpose to life. My whole the I had no ability to live my life 's purpose. I had no ability to live in that beautiful harmony and flow that happens when we care to live with compassion and care for each other and making a positive a positive difference i didn't have that that was disrupted. Mind control disrupts our ability to stand up for the things that we believe in, and people need to realize that hiding behind their mask and sheltering at home and caving in and doing exactly what they're told has diminished their free thought. They have compromised their free thought, and it needs to be reclaimed so that they can gather their strength of spirit and stand against people burning down our cities, stand against the erosion of of morality that's been going on. Stand up against pedophilia because it's a basis for mind control. Stand up against the gender confusion that's resultant from, from child sexual abuse while a child's brain is still forming. It's horrible what we're doing to our future generations with by allowing this to go on. We need to arm ourselves with truth and start making a positive difference in light of the truth that makes us free.
0: Very well said,
1: Kathy. She says, without free thought, there's no free will. Without free will, there's no soul expression. Without soul expression, there's no strength of spirit. With no strength of spirit, there is no purpose in life. So let's reclaim our free thought.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, reclaim our minds. You know um so we, oh, you're you're ready you're ready okay all right well we uh, appreciate you joining us for another episode here on the collective resistance podcast with your host leo and fabiola fabi what do you want to tell everybody oh,
1: guys jo- join us on telegram okay and stay healthy stay safe and stay curious